0: Welcome to A Word with Tom Merritt. I'm Tom Merritt, and this is the show where I get the pleasure and privilege of sitting down with some of the coolest, smartest, most interesting people in the world to talk about how we think, because none of us think the same about things. But we're all trying to make sense of the world, and so it's great to compare notes on how we think about things, because we all have different expertises. These are the kinds of conversations I had my whole life growing up talking to my grandpa Carl in his front room my grandma Roxy in her front room They gave me lots of different ways of looking at the world and it was all leading me to this moment right now Welcome into the front room Ryan Ozawa
1: Aloha! Good to be here. This is amazing.
0: Oh man, it's so cool. I, I, uh, I, 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 I'm a big fan of you, uh, and a, a friend of yours. Uh, whenever I get the privilege of coming to Honolulu, uh, you're nice enough to come out and, and meet me and and hang out. But tell folks out there what you do and and who you are.
1: I am just a regular. Uh, geek about town i basically do anything that's uh, remotely nerdy i have been in technology and in journalism specifically for maybe 36 37 years and Just like covering and telling the stories of the tech industry in Hawaii, which many people don't know even exists. So it's documenting these stories, uh, advocating for a diversified economy that's not just pineapples and not even pineapples, you know, uh, Mai Tais and and who knows what, tiki torches. So it's uh, it's. It's an uphill battle, but something that I, I definitely enjoy, born and raised here. And um, I, I have to say that I am fortunate to have you visit us out here, uh, you and Eileen, and um, just sort of exploring the island and some of the unknown gems that are available for people who come out more than once and want to see more than the usual tourist stuff.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's because of you that we know about zippies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one maybe one hundred one one hundred two level. Yeah, right? but yeah I think that was introductory level. Like now you've leveled us up since then
0: for sure. Uh, <laughs> I. I have to say, you know, a, a regular geek about town, I think undersells you. Uh, many people may or may not remember that you were one of the pioneers of podcasting, uh, with your lost podcast, which was a huge hit.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the thing about doing podcasts about TV shows are cliche at this point. In fact, I'm pretty sure I've seen, you know, five or six mainstream media jokes about I've got a podcast, it's about a TV show. But when we were doing it, it was a new thing. Yeah, this was back in 2005. Lost was pretty new. Um, And in fact, we started our podcast before actually, we believe that the small community of fan podcasts for Lost is what finally prompted ABC to launch the official ABC podcast about Lost. because. Because we were just sucking up all of this attention, and they wanted to get a part of it. So, yeah, I mean, those were the crazy, crazy days. Probably the first of 26 or 27 times somebody has declared podcasts the next big thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it it was one of the earliest times, though. Uh, That's that's absolutely true. I I think you're right, because I remember your podcast – and watching Lost on the same device. I would watch Lost on iPod video sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, and be able to listen to your podcast. And it was around that second season, I think that the, yep. the ABC launched their version of it. Um, right. and, and so I, the,
1: the. Yeah, if I could just um, give give the historical context, the only reason why our podcast was successful, I mean, it certainly wasn't because we were talented or had good radio voices or even knew what we were doing, was that the the day or the month we launched our podcast, the Lost podcast, um, was the day that Apple announced Steve Jobs got up on stage and said, you can now buy TV. In iTunes, and behind him on that giant seventy-foot screen was the Lost logo. And my 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 assertion to this date is that the only reason why we had tens of thousands of listeners is because people typed Lost into iTunes, and because iTunes has a great search engine, found us instead of the actual <laughs> TV show. But you know, we'll take it. That sort of halo effect was more than enough. Sure, but
0: you you y'all are underselling yourself too. Uh, you had you had good chemistry, which is all people want out of podcast from the very beginning. They want to hear folks uh, being genuine uh, and having a good time talking about something they're passionate about. That's absolutely uh, what you were doing. Yeah. But you, you mentioned earlier that that you you find it your mission to kind of let people know that there are other things going on in Hawaii besides tourism. Uh, and I, I feel like that lost podcast was was part of that, whether it was by design or not.
1: No, I think uh well you know the last podcast for us was my wife and I was the spin-off of our Hawaii podcast where we specifically were like hey here's what's going on and we would talk about traffic and we would talk about I don't know bank things and like there are banks in Hawaii, there's traffic in Hawaii, like, you know, we got a lot of that kind of uh, commentary, even if it's tongue in cheek, it is true that most people have in their mind, a very specific postcard view of the islands. And um, yes, the other advantage for our last podcast was that the show was filmed here. Um, and so we were able to watch them film, I became notorious for stalking them around the island. In fact, I was uh, on their board as a as sort of like, don't talk to this person, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and it was able, we were able to share spoilers back when. I mean, basically, my life was built on spoilers, so <laughs> we could we could see them film a scene that you wouldn't see on the TV show for like three months. So it was pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's investigative journalism, right?
1: Uh, there you go. Yeah. S- stalking might be another way to put it, but yeah, <laughs> I.
0: As long as you didn't cross the line, which, which I don't think you ever did. Uh, oh, no,
1: we had sort of like this fun, fun adversarial relationship, sort of like you and we would point at each other. Um, but I no, they never called the cops on me yeah, and I don't yeah. remember ever actually being beat up so I mean and of course I'm not break, breaking laws they're, right. when they're filming on a public street they can't do anything about me but there were times where they were like please don't take this picture and I wouldn't um but apart from that yeah it was pretty it was it was, it was cordial mm-hmm. uh to this day I keep in touch with people on the production and a couple of the actors and you know those are just good times
0: yeah yeah uh and and I think it's one of the reasons that, at least for me, I associate lost with Hawaii because it's not it's not in the story that way. But I knew that, and and so right. I I saw that when I was was watching it because you were you were letting us know about that, and I, I find that to be a positive association.
1: Totally, and I mean to Hawaii's credit, to Honolulu's credit, at least they only filmed on one other island once. Um, the fact that you could use this. Location as London, as uh, Baghdad, as where were we? China, yeah, uh, LAX. Uh, I mean, basically everywhere um, in the city, you could find something that could pretend to be another city. I think that speaks to, you know, not just the versatility of Hawaii as a filming location, but as the, the natural outcome of the. Ridiculously messy mix of cultures that just sort of collide and mix up over here you know um, our our Japanese Buddhist temples look like indian uh, Indian temples like we borrowed. Uh, architecture from everywhere. So, if you needed to, to film a shot that was supposed to be taking place in Sri Lanka, we could probably help you out. You know,
0: I find that to be one of the coolest things about Hawaii and and, and Oahu more so than than the other islands, just because it has more people and more buildings on it. Sure. Is that 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 mix plate uh, of of cultures where, yeah, you may not have everything in Honolulu that say a New York City or or a London has, but you've got. Things that they don't, because you're a crossroads in the air, but a crossroads of cultures. And I guess it was boats before it was the air um, sure. in a way that nobody else is.
1: Yeah. And um, I think that's what draws people to visit. I think that's what draws people to live here. Um, it's been interesting. I mean, there's always those conversations about, uh, you know, certainly we have the same problems as any uh, city or any place in the United States, let alone. um Anywhere in the world. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, there is something to the reputation that we've built in terms of being a paradise. And I think that well, it's difficult to live here. And a lot of people who move here on a wing in a prayer end up having to leave or end up homeless. Um, but there's a reason why you make that Kind of uh, sacrifice because I think it's worth it, and I know I don't know. I mean, I've been working very, very hard on you and Eileen, and I think that you know Hawaii would be a great place. It's one flight away from all that lovely stuff in California. If you want to see a BTS concert, no, (laughs) they're not going to come to Honolulu. But you do what we do, and we get on a plane and we fly to SoFi Stadium and we watch BTS over there. Yeah, so
0: it's 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 almost as long uh, to fly from Honolulu to LAX as it is to drive (laughs) from where I live uh, to. LAX. So yeah, it's a compelling argument. Um, there's a fine line between uh, advocating for your home, which is what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 having people come in and, and change your home, right? You, oh, for sure. You don't want that. How, how do you walk that line?
1: Oh, it's the line that I think everybody who lives here struggles with because one, uh, try as we might, our, our economy is either – based on tourism or based on federal military money. Mm. Um, So both of those things are such large pieces that, you know, filling with those knobs are dangerous. Um, And as we saw during the pandemic can be very uh, damaging um, to, to mess with. Like I still worry sometimes that, you know, eventually the shine will wear off and Hawaii won't be such a great place to visit that, you know, every time uh, some bad story ends up in the news about Hawaii, I get worried about that. But uh we're struggling with that a lot now because of the pandemic and because of the remote worker movement and i mean i sometimes joke that i feel like there are more google employees here than there are in some of their offices around the world they they can work from anywhere so why not you know set up shop on the north shore and live next to the beach work way early in the morning and by two two in the afternoon you can go surfing like it's a it's a paradise if you have google salary plus you know The ability to to set up shop here so uh the the downside of that being is you feel you're displacing local people who can't afford the rents that you're going to be able to pay with a google salary um or displacing people here who need jobs to be able to live here so it's i think you know probably san francisco had the same issues back when it was really really booming um and i think that's probably true of any uh popular place to live um when i do focus on and what most of the groups that i work with here is that if you we can't you know we understand you left away come on over uh we prefer you just visit and go back home spend all your money of course but if you're going to stay you know find a way to contribute right like what we what we really don't want is sort of the military expat situation where I'm going to move, I'm going to be a Mark Zuckerberg and I'm going to move to Kauai and I'm going to build the biggest possible compound I can with the tallest possible wall around it I can and pretend that the rest of the world doesn't exist. I mean, I guess there's an attraction to that, but I would hope that you would come here and say, wow, I'm taking, I'm getting so much by being here, but there's poverty here. There's homeless here. You know, there are challenges here. So what can I do to help? And, um, we're seeing a lot of that. And I think one of the biggest activities that me and many of my colleagues here do is connect people to those opportunities to volunteer, to mentor. Um, you know, I joke that, you know, one of the more popular things to do is help uh, clean – uh like Tarot fields and farms and stuff it 's gross, muddy, muddy, muddy work, um, so I just sometimes you drive past a tarot field and it 's full with very, very, very pale people and i 'm like yep that's 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 probably the Google contingent right there that 's probably the group from Yahoo right there, but you know every little bit helps for sure
0: yeah i i well, I wonder I was going to ask you, and you all, you almost asked asked the question before I answered the question before I asked it, but uh what are the best ways to contribute? Uh, not just, I mean, it makes sense to me to volunteer, uh, to, to get out and help in the community, but even any other little ways, because I know this is a problem. In every up and coming neighborhood, in every rising city, uh, it's not just Hawaii, it's also sure. Austin, uh, oh. na- neighborhoods of LA that are revitalizing, uh, all over the world, which is, you know, when the neighborhood starts to get good again and money starts to come into it, then the people with money show up and they are, displace the people who can't afford to live there anymore. Right. So how, how do you move in and be a good neighbor? I guess is where, where I'm right. going with
1: that. Well, that's a, that's a very good and very excellent question. I do I, I do want to kind of clarify now. Certainly, we have a lot in common with other places. Other people want to live. You have gentrification everywhere. Um, I think one of the one of the not to use a word that makes people roll their eyes these days, but you know, you also have for Hawaii the generational trauma of the overthrow of the Native Hawaiian yeah, yeah. monarchy and um, a lot of the disproportionate suffering of whether it's incarceration or substance abuse or homelessness. It's all Native Hawaiians. It's like significantly Native Hawaiians. The people who were here first um, are now the last place citizens. So, I mean, there are some some unique components to that. But I like that you ask how to do it. And, you know, the the, the reason why I would sometimes giggle at all of the, the shiny people in the tarot fields or everybody doing a beach cleanup and you've got 600 people to clean up and there's like two tires, not that that's a bad thing, um, but there's more. And what uh, the group, there's a group here called Thrive High that I've been happy to support. And what they're trying to do is work on um, professional networks. So it's all great if you want to come here and uh, live here. What you can do is introduce students or college graduates from Hawaii to your coworkers back at (laughs) Tumblr or Yahoo or Apple and Help them get jobs, remote jobs, or maybe they'll, they'll want to, to move. You know, I mean, there's a way to kind of offset your impact, not just on rental prices, but on what people call the brain drain or what people call, uh, you know, people leave because they don't have opportunities. And we're happy to see that like even groups like Google currently have internal affinity groups for people from Hawaii and that sort of um, manifested in, you know, sort of this nice network of I work at Google, and I know this person in Hawaii, and we can connect together and we can, you know, help you get you on board and help you get a job. I think that's, that's much less cool than a beach cleanup. or a pounding tarot. But I think that for the long term, investing in the people is what I would be most attracted to.
0: Yeah, it's, it's almost It's not just maybe less cool. It's also harder. (laughs) Like, you know, it's easy for me, especially somebody like me from Southern Illinois. Uh, I grew up around farms, uh, clearing out a tarot field probably isn't that different than walking the beans. Uh, you know, sure. Yeah. Sign me up. I can do that in my sleep. Uh, Doing something that that provides opportunities and creates opportunities for someone and and plugs into these deeper social issues. That sounds scary, right? That sounds hard. Am I, am I going to be able to come across? What can I do? How much work is that? I I think that's why you see people willing to do a beach cleanup because they can wrap their heads around that.
1: Right. And there, you only give that day and you probably get a good workout and it makes really good Instagram posts. So, no, I can totally see that. And I do want to point out, like, you know, we have just sort of this broad range. I mean, we have Mark Zuckerberg out here. We have uh, Mr. Oracle, Larry Ellison, owning an entire island. Um, we have uh, Steve Case, who has a connection. He went to Buenos. Barack Obama went to Buno. Like we have some notables mm. who try to give back to the local community. But like, you know, sometimes – People do come to Hawaii to get away from it. I I had a really interesting conversation with—I um, can't remember his name. You're going to know it before I do. But you know, he founded like uh, uh, the Wire Cutter, and he came from Yahoo. I think he did. He did the Wire Cutter. Yes. Yes. Um, he, yeah. Yeah. He moved out here with his family to get away from it all. So it's kind of weird to call him up and say, "Hey, come to this startup event and talk about venture capital," and he's like. Uh, that's why I left, you know. (laughs) I don't want, I don't want that stuff here. Um, so that is, that is a challenge because the other side of it is, there's a, the reason why you come here, perhaps, is not to worry about job opportunities and networking and mentoring and helping people get jobs. But again, there are different ways to give back. But I mean, that's what I that's kind of what I've been emphasizing lately.
0: Yeah, yeah. Those, and those are all those are all good points and, and good things. And it's great that you you are one of the people who can help direct folks to the resources uh, if if they are willing to, to pitch in.
1: Yeah, and there's more and more groups like that here. Um, one of the more interesting ones is called the Hawaii Talent Onboarding Program, which does something weird but I think is important because I mean, I'm sure you found the first time you come to Hawaii and the first time anybody comes to Hawaii, there's sort of this cross between this is the United States but it's a foreign country and I don't really understand what's going on here. Why is that guy so mad? Like, you know, there are some things that you kind of may not be fully cognizant of the context of. So this group basically does – Hawaii acculturation training mm. for people. So, like, if uh, if the Bank of Hawaii, which is our biggest bank here, we do have to import talent from the mainland because it's hard to find local talent for certain jobs. So, we'll bring someone in from Kansas, we'll bring someone in from Louisiana, and then they're going to have this culture shock. And what you see is people who relocate out here like that last two, three years tops, right? It's just too weird. It's too uncomfortable. They don't have a friend network. They're isolated geographically. It's a, it's a tough decision for many of them to make. So this program. Basically, brings them up to speed. Like, here's why Native Hawaiians have a specific place in history, and here's why, you know, these are entrenched issues in Hawaii, and here, you know, all that kind of stuff. Here's why you take your slippers off before you go in the house. Here's why we like spam so much. Like all this weird stuff that uh, you might need to adjust to if you moved out here.
0: Do you consider yourself? A native Hawaiian? Or how do you distinguish yourself from the original inhabitants of the island?
1: Ah, ha ha That's an excellent question. I'm surprised that you and I haven't talked about it yet, but that's what makes good podcasting. So um, first and foremost, and this is something that people in Hawaii fight with uh, national newspapers and TV stations all the time. uh, A Hawaiian is not the same as a Californian, as the same as an Iowan, as the same as a Philadelphian. Um, Everybody in Hawaii is not Hawaiian. Just because of the way language evolved, uh, we reserved the word Hawaiian, or as you said, Native Hawaiian, for people who are genetically actually descendant upon pre-contact residents of Hawaii before anybody arrived here, not counting when we arrived here, which is a whole other argument that people have, but certainly before Western contact. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody moved here, they will learn very quickly that if they call themselves a Hawaiian that's that's not going to go well. That is not a conversation that I would want to witness. It's very uncomfortable. Um, So you're a Hawaii resident. Everybody here is a Hawaii resident if you're here and you live here. Um, Native Hawaiians uh, are, as I mentioned, uh, descendants, and I am, in fact, one. So I do call myself that. And actually, only in the last four or five years have I been comfortable wearing that hat um, because, uh, according to some in the Hawaiian community, I'm a very colonialized Hawaiian, right? I'm a a freaking podcaster. (laughs) I... I love all of this Western stuff. Give me all the the the, the chicken McNuggets, yeah. like you know. So I always like I can't. I don't really want to call myself Hawaiian because I am not acting Hawaiian, and that's a whole cultural argument there. But uh, yes, I am one thirty second Hawaiian, and they just are proposing a law because Native Hawaiians are supposed to get land that was taken from the the monarchy given back to them there's like seventy thousand people on this list they're dying on the list so that it used to be for people who were like a quarter hawaiian but now we're, people who are a quarter of hawaiian don't, don't exist anymore we've mm. all intermarried or we've died um so now they're lowering it to 132nd which is where i am and i'm like yes i like this law so we'll see maybe before i'm 90 i might be able to get some homestead lab. <laughs> good luck
0: yeah <laughs> do you- Uh, we, we talked a lot about the, the broader things you could do, uh, if, if you were to move and I, and I'm not advocating that people should move even, but I'm just, (laughs) I'm just curious. Um, what about the na like, like the, the super, the hyper local things? Like, uh, and I guess that really depends on what part of the island you, you would move into. Yep, but, yep. but what, I guess what I'm getting at is like, what is the, the neighborly culture, right? Cause the, the classic 50s American is like, you know, you all have your house and you, you do housewarming, uh, gifts to the new neighbors and you say hello and you watch each other's plants when you're out of town, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. You know, how, how much of that is the same and how much of it is different and are are there any things that are unique that you think to hawaii in that respect
1: you know, as I travel more, I, I find it's that's less true, right? I think basically a culture that is based around hospitality, and as a, as a result, that means maybe historically they are tourism-based, kind of have similar cultures and customs. I mean, certainly, uh, I would decry the lack of contact between neighbors in any city to be kind of one of the tragedies of modern life. Yeah, yeah. And yes, if you move to a neighborhood, you should bring a casserole next door. <laughs> you know, Why not? Uh, leave them your phone number. Say that uh, you're willing to lend them some sugar or watch their dog or who knows what, um, but I don't think that's different about Hawaii. Um, I think that the the primary piece of advice, and it's hard to even articulate, is uh, Hawaii is a place where you have to come either as a visitor or as a as a future resident with your cup empty. And I think that every time I hear a story of just sort of a difficult transition or even an unpleasant transition, it's because they have very clear expectations of what they're going to get when they come and you're not going to get what you expect when you come. One, our marketing is way too good. So if you think we're all walking around topless with my ties for everybody, you, you know, no, you're not going to get a lay at the airport. I'm sorry. I don't know, you know, how long it's been since that happened. But well, you no, can't, you but you've got to buy it yourself, in. right? Right. you got to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. like, I would like a lay greeting at the airport. Sure. Here's 120 bucks. <laughs> sure, sure. Um Right. So – but again, what I do find, and this happened between my late wife and her brother who was stationed here, and the military is a whole other ball of wax, but you know, when. When she came, she fell in love immediately. She said, "This is spiritually where I belong. I cannot believe, you know, I've never felt more at home in my life." And she's from Central Florida, where there are more horses than people, and there was only one Asian kid in her whole school. Um, but her brother got here, and he could not wait to leave. He hated it, hated it, hated it. He thought everybody here was racist. He thought everybody here was backwards, and you know. And I think it's just because. You're the, the lens through which you see the world. It's not like they were seeing different Hawaiis. Um, I think it was how it was interpreted. <laughs> so I do feel for people who come out here with a certain expectation and don't have a good experience. But I think if you are open minded, you're like, holy cow! There's so much happening here that I didn't even know. There are people that I didn't think I was going to meet. You know, I I think that this is one of the most interesting places on the planet. Um Not the least of which was created by pretty much the most unique geographic isolation that there is. So yeah, just, I would say it's more about uh, coming with an open mind rather than um, expecting anything.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. Work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Now we should move on from uh, your and my secret agenda to convince the rest <laughs> of my family that uh, that we could move there to, to people who live there like yourself. What about the downsides? Do, is island fever just a thing that people get when they move there? Or is that something that you, as someone who's lived there all your life, uh, get? Is it a real thing?
1: It's a real thing. And I've heard about it from you know people who grew up in any island community, even uh, Victoria Island off Canada. Mm-hmm. I mean – Island life is very constraining, uh, which I, I think it's I, – I find it funny that when I go to Kauai, I feel like I'm going to go crazy, even though it's just another island. It's smaller enough than Oahu that I go nuts. So I can totally understand it. Um, my middle kid had it. So from probably his sophomore year in high school – that kid was sure he was getting the hell out of Dodge. He's like, I cannot stand – I mean, look, he doesn't hate people. He certainly loves his family. But he just knew that there was so much of the world out there, and he was stuck in the middle of the the Pacific. And he's like, I just can't stand it. I got to go. I got to go. This yeah. is going crazy. I got to leave. Um. So that's definitely common for people who grew up here and certainly happens to people who move here, especially if they were – like. It, it, again for um, Jen it was tough because she was a military kid and she moved every what 3 to 7 years right and then she comes here and she can't even get in a car and drive to another state like she was just stuck so it took a little while to get comfortable being stuck that way so no totally real totally common and um if that that's something that you should keep an eye out for <laughs> when you come yeah
0: it it, it. I know it's real because so many people including yourself have have told me that. It strikes me as odd because Certainly growing up, I wanted to get out of Greenville, right? Because it was a small town. So I get that part of it, but I, I'm convinced in my own head, like, well, that's not a problem <laughs> for me anymore. And how far do I go from my home now? If I'm leaving, you know, if I'm driving more than the width of Oahu, uh, I'm getting in a plane <laughs> and flying anyway. So it, right. it, to me, it, it sounds like it's something psychological, not, not Very. just the actual physical constraints, right?
1: Oh, and you know. Tom, life today in Hawaii is so amazing. We wouldn't believe the life we have in Hawaii than we, than I did when I was a kid. We had TV that had to be, uh, before satellites, we had TV that had to be put on boats, on reels. So things that people would be talking about, we'd get like, 2 weeks later, right? Yeah. Um everything was tape delayed. You, the live Super Bowl, what does that even mean? We don't even understand what you're talking about. Like all of these main cult major cultural events we kind of lived in this la la land um back then, but yes, thanks to modern technology, it's not quite as isolating, but that's, that sense still feels real. I work for a global organization now. You know, by the time I log on to start my day, most of them are done, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I I, I can catch up on Slack. Boy, you guys had a really great conversation. Sure wish I was there. Sure mm-hmm. wish I was awake at two in the morning to have been a part of it. So uh, that isolation still still certainly exists.
0: What, what are some of the most surprising things that you you, th- you think people don't realize uh, about living there?
1: Um, well, if they do move to live here, it's going to be the cost of living. Like they can't even they, – they think it's a joke. I mean, yes, San Francisco has a very high cost of living. New York, New York has a high cost of living. Um, this is – I guess not surprising, Um, and I even have a hard time articulating why it's different. A couple of reasons, though. One, just imagine everything that you get had to be flown here or put on a boat. Like That is a compounding cost to everything, a bottle of soap, (laughs) whatever, right? Um, We – everything is more expensive as a result of that. We have in Hawaii what is called a compounding tax, an excise tax. So it's not even a sales tax. So forget even feeling that you're going to get exemptions for drugs or food. We don't even do that. Everything is taxed, even at the wholesale to retail level. So by the time you buy something at a CVS here, um, it's been taxed three times. So, you know, again, (laughs) when you see the the $12 gallon of of orange juice, it makes perfect sense, considering what it had to go through to get here. So one cost of living and Specifically and related to that the cost of housing. Like and I guess this is also true in New York and San Francisco. Yeah, the cost so, of
0: housing is more uh, similar to LA, San Francisco, New York, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just just way out of line with what you get. Yeah. You know, you get a four hundred four hundred square foot studio apartment in the worst part of Waikiki and it's, you know, twenty four hundred bucks a month, maybe, right? Like and no parking and no utilities included and all of that stuff. Like it's it's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a it's that like, yeah.
0: Doing those comparisons, I, I look at the the prices of housing, and I'm like,
1: yeah, that's that's
0: pretty much the same thing you'd get in L.A. for approximately the same price, maybe even a little cheaper than L.A. Depending on on what time of year or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. the bottle of orange juice, though, no comparison. That's way more expensive <laughs> there. <laughs>
1: I mean, I guess the whole nation went through this egg shortage thing, but we did too, and yeah. that was kind of bonkers as well. And you know, especially gas with prices. the number of
0: chickens around, come on, lay some eggs.
1: <laughs> I totally get that. I totally don't understand why we don't pass a law that basically says if you want to sell chicken here, they have to be locally sourced. I mean, there are more chickens in the parking lot of KFC than there are in the KFC. So just <laughs> go get those chickens. <laughs> um, right, there. but yeah, you know. Yeah. Five dollar a gallon gas on a good day. I mean, it's it it, it adds up over time, and yeah, I yeah. think the the whole other side of it that I didn't even get to is we pay less in Hawaii for salaries. Our salaries are lower. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that. It's primarily that because people who live in Hawaii are willing to work for less. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, oh, you have an MBA. That's a $60,000 a year job instead of a $90,000 a year job. Um, not because we don't think you're worth 90, but we've, we can find an MBA who'll work for 60. So what's the big deal? Um, yeah. So between being paid less for the same work and everything being more expensive, that's how people are getting uh, pinched out, basically. Yeah.
0: What what about the hidden gems? What about the things that that people think aren't going to be there that 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 are?
1: Wow, well that's an interesting question. I think you could probably guess the things that are the best parts. You know I mean, and the fact of the matter is, the best things in life are free. You know, it doesn't cost you anything to go to the beach. It doesn't cost you anything in life to go for a hike. Well, not yet. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything to. I don't know, just sort of enjoy being here, enjoy the people here. Make, sure,
0: they are definitely the, the things that you imagine that anybody, even who sure. has sure. never been, uh, can imagine with beaches and stuff. I'm thinking of things like, you know, we've we've got this restaurant that's nowhere else in the U.S. because it's from Japan. Oh, sure. Or, you know, things like
1: that. <laughs> oh, we have a lot of that that kind of one-offs. Um, you know, we had a we still have the last Anna Millers in the country. We had the last Shurikia store. Both of these are big um, Japanese franchises that failed in Japan but still exist here. Um, my, my daughter's favorite thing is we have 7-Elevens like everywhere else in the U.S., but our Seven Elevens are owned by the Japanese conglomerate, not by whoever owns it in the continental U.S. So our 7-Elevens are really awesome and very <laughs> really clean. I'm, like I'm the first time yeah. <laughs> I went to a 7-Eleven in New York City and I was scared out of my wits. I was like, I do not recognize this as the same brand. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, there's little things like that. It's hard to, hard to articulate. Certainly the mix of uh, cultural, natural, uh, national influence is a big deal. So you're going to find a lot of cool Japanese stuff here, Chinese stuff, Korean. Um, you know, I don't know why BTS doesn't come here, but anyway, you know, for later. <laughs> well, they, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up
0: uh, because if they did, that would be much easier for you to to, to sway us. Um, but. <laughs> But what about that part of it? What about the events and opportunities? What, what do you get because it's a, an island destination and you're like, oh, we, we do get this kind of event. And what, what don't you get that you, you think maybe you should? Like, is there, there's something where people are, are, are like, no, you could draw the audience and, and they don't.
1: Oh gosh. That's such a, I mean, that's a, that's a conversation that, reverberates through the state capitol on annual basis you know we don't have an nfl team we don't have a any professional sports teams right Um, but we also say we can't sustain it i mean our college ball team has to pay other schools to come here to play us right i mean that's that's unsustainable really it's not going to be a moneymaker for any university on the other hand we have the mary monarch festival one of the most amazing displays of cultural history um that you know, it's our Super Bowl in terms of getting tickets to and being able to get into the global surf contest. You know, we're still the, we're still a hub of surf, and when those come to town, it's like a circus over here, and I find that very exciting. But you know, the last big big arena concert was that I can remember was U two. They took over Aloha Stadium, and the place nearly collapsed. And now they've condemned Aloha Stadium, <laughs> so we don't even have a venue that big anymore. Right? If 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 you need more than fifty thousand seats, you're out of luck. Uh, so That is; Those are sort of the the opportunities that we miss. (laughs) You're not going to get arena tours. You're not going to get Taylor Swift unless she wants to come on a vacation and slum around in a small uh, arena. That's about it.
0: Yeah. What's what's the biggest venue now then?
1: Um, It's probably the – the Blaisdell uh, the city civic center that's an indoor arena where we have basketball games and stuff like that we also have Stan Sheriff at UH again that's probably 20-25,000 and then you have Maui Memorial Stadium an Outdoor Stadium which is where they did the the Pro Bowl one year yeah. um, Pro Bowl used to happen here does not happen here anymore <laughs> yeah yeah
0: no, I remember that was that was the big deal uh was the Pro Bowl from from uh, from Honolulu uh, growing up that was that was always the way and when they started doing it alternating I, it was like right. yeah the writing's on the wall
1: Yeah Well, it was expensive to do it here. They didn't make money here because the local audience wouldn't turn out to watch them. Also, I mean, if you've watched the Pro Bowl, it's not really football. It's more like flag football. And um, the only reason why it was so popular was the players liked being here. But, you know, that's not a business decision.
0: (laughs) No, I I think there's some some really interesting things uh, in Hawaii. Many of them you've shown me uh, on visits. You know, H Mart, the first H Mart Korean grocery (laughs) store I ever went to was in Honolulu. uh, Because you told me it had just opened up, uh, we have them here in L.A. I don't think we had them yet, or maybe we only had them in Koreatown, we, but we've had some new ones open. Uh, uh-huh. Since then, but it's that part of of Honolulu Lulu particularly that that I I identify is that it is a cosmopolitan city in the way that Miami is a cosmopolitan city or New Orleans is a cosmopolitan city because of the intersection not just of Hawaiian culture with American culture but also Japanese culture and Chinese culture and and yeah. and even a little more Portuguese culture in there. Too.
1: Yeah, and we have you know South Pacific islands and stuff. Although I did, I mean I learned a lot traveling to. New York, traveling to Italy. I mean, I would say before that, you know, we're a melting pot of every different culture in the world. There are a lot of cultures that are not well represented here. You know, we don't have a lot of um, uh, Indian food or we don't have a, a lot of, uh, I, mean, I can't even come up with, an Ethiopian, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Ethiopian is great. There's no Ethiopian in yeah, yeah. So, So I would say that's a business opportunity for someone. Yeah. But anyway.
0: Well, I feel yeah. like the venue would be a business opportunity too. But maybe it's because tourists don't want to go to see shows and people don't want to fly that far just to see a show. And if you don't get the local audience to to do it, maybe not. But Honolulu is such a big city. I can't imagine ah, that there couldn't be some solution to that.
1: Yeah, it's weird the things that sell out here. Joe Coy is a very popular um, Asian-American comedian. When he does a show here, he sells out four or five nights straight, right? Like um, Bruno Mars, we consider him sort of a local guy, so he will always do well. But, you know, we have cats coming here. Uh, I'm not even sure if if locals are going to turn out for cats, but (laughs) – I um, know it's just such a <laughs> Right, right. Well they cancelled it, they killed it in New York, so I'm like, oh maybe yeah. people will be interested in it, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh it's hard because you need your business to be attractive to both both to the people who are here but to people who visit. And that's yeah. a, that's very narrow Gantt no, that's not a Gantt chart. What do you call those? Venn diagram. That's Venn very diagram, narrow right, yeah, yeah. That's right.
0: um, so when you think of Hawaii as your home uh how do you think of it do you think of it as a city do you think of it as islands you know how how do you describe it how do you explain it
1: wow well you know i i think of it in terms of people i think of it i mean i probably should think of it more as an environment that's the the current way to think of the whole world but i i think of it as a people i think of it as a community i definitely think of all the islands together i do feel the resentment from some neighbor islands that honolulu hogs all of the glory right like um we get, we we because we have the most people, we have a lot of the stuff, right? And so you live on Kauai, you live on Hawaii Island, you're like, oh, those those Oahu people think they're the center of the universe, and they don't pay any attention to us. And we're not a bunch of uh, we're not a bunch of yeehaw podunk towns out here. Um, so that that even happens in Hawaii, believe it or not. Even though all of yeah, Hawaii yeah. probably qualifies as a as a remote yeehaw podunk town, but <laughs> uh, even within our islands, we have that kind of rivalries. Uh, but yeah, I think of I think of the people here more than anything, and I think that's what's What's what can't be replicated and I guess that's why you know when you talk about oh beautiful beaches and X, Y, and Z I and mean, you got you know you got Fiji you got <laughs> Tahiti I mean there's other great places with beautiful yeah. beaches and, and all of that stuff but the specific kind of cultural uh, mix you have here I think is unique as it is probably anywhere else but um, I'm definitely in favor of perpetuating it of preserving it uh, one of my favorite, basic concepts um, is that we've built our state economy around, one, uh, convincing people that Hawaii is a great place, and then two, finding a way to fit them here. Um, and I think that the think- rethinking that we need to do is, one, continue to convince people that Hawaii is great, but two, ship. Way to them where they are right mm. export our culture yeah, export yeah. our our creative content our media our twitch streamers our youtubers um, our products our soaps our snacks but you know there 's no reason why you need to get on a plane burn all of that uh, gas and um, stomp all over our coral reefs to have a good time. We can send some of this cool stuff over to wherever you are you can have a piece of way anywhere on earth
0: I mean I can't count the number of times on these reality competition singing shows that there's somebody in the top 12 from Hawaii. Uh, so I think there's a future for H-pop.
1: Well, you know, there you go. I mean, that would be kind of cool. And that actually, I, I do. Uh, that's a good point. One of the things that I think, I mean, uh, I don't know if you were, how long you were watching. Um, those kind of shows I can't even remember The big one uh, The like Voice American Or something Idol like or the that oh, It was American Idol yeah. American Idol Like seven, probably 10 years ago There was a singer On there From Hawaii And um, She stayed in the game On the show Till the top three Even though Even I can tell you She was not that great But what <laughs> happened was The entire state of Hawaii Decided This was our thing Yeah yeah And like You basically had All million people in Hawaii Calling into the phone lines For this one person So even toward the end She's looking like I'm a little out of place here But we just kept voting in voting around, so that kind of sense of pride is, is definitely a big thing. And hey, we're, we turn out pretty good football players too, for some reason. That, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> true, that's true. Uh, well, b- before we, we wrap up the conversation, I, kn- I know you're not the official spokesperson of Hawaii, but uh, you have the Twitter handle and you've been able to keep the Twitter handle and stay in the good graces uh, of the state. Uh, so, so if <laughs> If any, you know, if it's not the official spokesperson, I think you're the next best thing. You know, I'll take it. What would you say <laughs> to people about Hawaii? What's the, what's the thing you want them to know? What's the, the message you want to leave them with?
1: Wow, that's wow. I should probably should have prepared for that answer. <laughs> you would think that it gets asked all the time. Um, you know, just that. I think that. Uh, it's still a wonderful place to visit. It's a great place to live. You know, just try to be part of the solution and not the problem.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. I want to finish every episode with a little fun word game. Uh, are, are, you, uh, are you in? Would, would you like to I'm play? I'm totally
1: into word games. I am no way as good as Jen is, but uh, I will do my
0: best. <laughs> well, th- there's no wrong answers in this one, there's no point story. Right, right. Uh, so this one's easy. It's called This or That. I will give you two options, and you tell me which one you'd pick and why. All right. The first one is Sawyer or Jack?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. I'm definitely a Sawyer person. Probably, he, I don't know, just said, okay, well, it was primarily how his character evolved and how they did that beautiful time jump and his relationship with the, with the, with the spoiler alert, that was so beautiful. I was like, that's it. I'm a I'm a I'm a Sawyer shipper for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, and we named our dog Sawyer, so I think you know where we came down <laughs>
1: on, on that particular so.
0: question. And if someone's lost, uh, you, that's the answer. It's from Lost. Those are two characters from Lost. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Mac Mini or MacBook?
1: Oh, MacBook. Um, I, the Mac Mini has made great strides recently, but um, nope, I still need everything all in one, and uh, yeah, can't I can't make a good case for the Mini.
0: The extra money's worth the portability, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean is that is it that much extra money? I don't know. I feel like the really good Mac Mini is pretty
0: cheap as, much these days, as a laptop, but it's yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's still it's still they're they're close, but you're there's there's several hundred dollars. <laughs> there's several bottles of orange okay. juice that you can buy <laughs> <laughs> uh, fast or slow
1: zombies. Wow. Wow. Um I was definitely more in the slow zombie camp in terms of my understanding of pop culture. And so when these fast zombies started turning up, World War Z, all mm-hmm. of this, I was like, this is ridiculous. But I think animation technology has caught up to the point where even fast zombies don't look ridiculous anymore. So I think I'll go with fast zombies. I think yeah. I'll go with fast zombies. Because yeah, they're I used more to be sort of the. Ah, menacing, the the swarming nature, the fact that they kind of remind me specifically of like a, of angry bees, like you know, what are what what kind of menace is an actual slow zombie that you can outwalk? I'm not sure. They are actually that hard to get away from. But if a zombie can come at you like a, a panther or 20 panthers, I think that's a, that's a bigger threat.
0: Yeah, there's, there's something inevitable about the slow zombie, right? But it has to be in numbers. If it's just one, you, you get away from it. That's the end, right? Whereas <laughs> right. the fast zombie, just one of them coming out of nowhere can yeah frighten the bejesus out of you.
1: Yeah, The, the Last of Us probably was the nail in the coffin for the slow zombies. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Hilo or Kona? Ooh, Hilo. Oh my God. That was a, that was, you, you did that on purpose. That did on purpose. Oh, that could have been a whole other conversation. There are two sides, well, broadly two sides to the big island. Hilo side, Kona side. Kona side is everything you, everything you think Hawaii is, postcards, sunsets, resorts, giant swimming pools, uh, scuba diving with whales. I don't know. Uh, all of that stuff. Hilo is economically depressed, high unemployment, always wet. Everything smells like mildew. Um, everybody moves slowly. They talk too much. That's my people. <laughs> That's uh,
0: <laughs> perfectly put. Uh, and, and I already knew your answer. You had told me uh, in person, uh, but I, I i liked I liked that question. I did yeah, I like that answer too. Uh, savory or dessert crepes?
1: Savory. Well, I'm between savory and sweet. I'm a savory person. I'm a pretzels over chocolate, right? So, even though I don't really know crepes. I don't think I could identify one if one bit me. They're just Um, a thin pancake, basically.
0: Oh. And you fill it with either like strawberries and cream or, you know, scallions and mushrooms.
1: Oh, yeah. That one. Yeah. Savory. The
0: savory one. Totally. Got it.
1: (laughs) See, now now you can come here and open a crepe
0: restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Good. Another business opportunity. Exactly. Dogs or cats? Cats. Cats.
1: Um, I mean, I've come to be a, a big believer in the current train of thought on TikTok that dog people are, are haters. <laughs> like if you say you're a dog person, that means that you're a dog person to the exclusion of cats. I don't know any people who say that they are dog people and mean they also like cats, whereas I think hmm. cat people can deal with dogs. I mean, they prefer cats, but they're okay with dogs. But every time I bump into a dog person, they're like, I'm allergic. Well, I mean, if they're allergic to cats, that's one thing. But, you know, they just hate cats. And and just from a high level, I don't like that. Dogs are so blindly loyal and loving and <laughs> unconditional that is unrealistic. If I was a weak person and I needed that kind of comfort in my life, I guess I would be a dog person. But I don't think it's healthy to have an animal that you can kick, and then he'll still want to lick you and kiss you like 10 minutes later. Like there should be consequences to your actions, and that is what a cat teaches you. a this cat is... teaches you yes No, sorry, don't, no, please continue. <laughs> A cat can ignore you. Uh, Actually, I'll I'll say the thing that I always say when people ask me. uh, Which is smarter, an animal that after you die will sit by your side in loyalty until it starves to death, or an animal that after you die will eat you for survival? I gotta go with the second. <laughs> this is the best
0: answer to this question. This is one of the questions I keep for, for, from episode to episode. Uh, it's so good because we've had a parade of dog people. I am also someone who has dogs. I grew up with cats though. So I uh-huh. maybe, dis- I, I may be a counterexample to, to your rule. Okay. Okay. Uh, but, but, uh, I, I I love the impassioned defense of the cats. This is this is wonderful. It's, it is long overdue. So thank you.
1: I appreciate it. So wait, when you I have to ask you now, if you, so, if you were asked that question, you would basically very comfortably say, "I'm a dog person." I think I would uh, until I heard your
0: answer. In which case, now I would caveat it like, "Well, I have dogs, <laughs> but I grew up with cats uh, because, yeah, I love dogs." Eileen is allergic to cats, uh, so we right. don't have That's cats. That's totally reasonable. Um, yeah. and, but we have an outdoor cat that lives in the neighborhood, just wild, feral cat, uh, who we call Blackpink. Um, and, and we <laughs> go out and say hi and it's learned that we're cool and it doesn't run away when we come out. So, you know, the, the dogs don't like the cat so much, uh, but, <laughs> but, but, but we do. So
1: no, and, and I will say, I mean, I, I like that. I have a strong opinion, but I know that this is a dog people world. I am in a co-working space that probably has six dogs in it right now yeah. and, I mean, there's no such thing as a cat working space. Now you have cat cafes. We had a we had a design. cat
0: uh, bookstore cat in the bookstore I worked at in Austin. Well, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, what are they called? Like they have bodega cats. Yeah, bodega have cats. Have cats. Yeah, yeah. Right, but. Yeah, for some reason you're not going to be encouraged to bring your cat to work. That's never going to happen. Probably because your cat won't put up with it. But yeah, the dog.
0: that's weird to me because the dog is more likely to just pee be on something uh, than yeah. the cat. As long as you have a litter <laughs> box for the cat, the cat's going to be fine. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, all right, here's the next one. Uh, we're talking shrimp trucks, Honos or Giovanni's North Shore Ooh. shrimp trucks. They're right next to each other.
1: You know, I have to. I'll. Uh, the traditionalist me wants to pick Giovanni's, but there's also the part of me that goes to ice cream, uh, shave ice places that aren't Matsumoto's, just because Matsumoto's gets all the glory. So what's the other one? Honos. Honos. I don't even know what that is, but I'm going to pick Honos because Giovanni gets gets all of the glory. So let's spread the love a little bit. So uh,
0: I, I, I went to Honolulu in 2021, uh, just went back this year, 2021, we went to Giovanni's. This year we went to Honos because Honos is where BTS went. Right. I got to say I pick Honos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I mean Giovanni's was good. I'm not I'm not slagging on Giovanni's. Yeah, yeah. If you get Giovanni's, it'll you won't be disappointed, but you'll stand in a much longer line. You'll wait a lot right. longer. And Honos was great. So, yep. yeah.
1: And you know, a lot of these places rest on their laurels they they make it on diners drive-ins and dives and they never get better because yeah. people just show up so yeah who has got a scrap Honos has got a fight so yeah go them
0: off off the script uh garlic shrimp or or spicy shrimp
1: oh i can't do spicy i'm a spicy baby um so gotta be garlic
0: gotta be garlic all right uh finally hot or cold
1: that's a broad question um I generally will pick cold because I feel it is easier in a pinch to get warm than Mm. it is in a pinch to get cold. So, of course, I'm living in exactly the wrong place (laughs) for this answer. Um, Or maybe it's you
0: always want what you can't get.
1: (laughs) Maybe that's true. Like, what is winter? I mean, when it's like 70 degrees, we're all freezing out here. So, yeah, I'm going to pick cold, but I recognize the irony.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh Riot Azawa, it's always a pleasure to talk t- with you. This, <laughs> this was, was fun. no exception. I I hope you had as much fun as I did.
1: Totally. And and uh yeah, um Hawaii is a is a fun word. It's it, it's a it's a it's a it's a concept. Yeah. Just you know, meditate on it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> uh, if I, I already gave away your Twitter handle, which is Hawaii, yes. um, if, if there is that the best place to follow you? What What else can you tell people about it to to find out what you're doing online?
1: Oh my gosh! Well, I love Twitter, but Twitter is a cesspool, and so I understand people don't want to Twitter. I'm also Hawaii on Instagram, so you can find me there. Hawaii on YouTube, Hawaii on LinkedIn. Uh, pretty easy to find. Reach out anytime, especially if you need to know what trim trucks to try. And <laughs> if I can't answer it, I will outsource that question to them. <laughs>
0: fantastic uh thanks to our producers uh, roger chang and anthony lamos thank you for listening to this show and telling your friends about it you can get an ad-free version of this show and special bonus outtakes from this episode with Acast plus click on access exclusive content at a word and we'll have a word with you next time